You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Why is it that so many Christians will tell you that Harry Potter is demonic? But the Lord of the Rings, that's every pastor's favorite sermon illustration. Well, today on Systematic Geekology, we're going to get into it. Why do Christians love the Lord of the Rings but hate Harry Potter? This is Systematic Geekology Episode 2. This episode is perfect for all of you out there who really are a geek of any type. If you love the Lord of the Rings, if you love Harry Potter, if you have no knowledge about either, we're really going to dive in deep today, and it's going to be good for all of us to get, get an understanding of what's going on here at all. We are the priests to the geeks. We're not all Catholic priests. Most of us aren't even ordained, but we do believe in the priesthood of all believers that we are. We have a responsibility to edify the body of Christ and to bring glory to God in everything that we do, including geeking out. A little bit of a disclaimer, just so that way you know, and we're all comfortable with this. We don't really have a set agenda on this. There, there's not going to be some type of surprise, it's a trap. Admiral Akbar can relax. It's not a trap. We are going, we are here to just simply have a good conversation, wrestle with some theology, some philosophy, gods and witchcraft. It's going to be a great time. We just want to have an honest conversation while we're doing it. And I'm one of your hosts for this episode. My name's Brandon Knight. I am a produce merchandiser and traveling preacher here in Northwest Indiana. And over the weekend, guys, check this out. Over the weekend, I got to meet former WWE Intercontinental Champion, UFC Hall of Famer, the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. Subtle brag, and he's a really nice guy. Take it away, guys. All right. I'm also one of your hosts for this episode. Um, I'm Dan Stoyer, a.k.a. Superfan Dan. Um, by day, I am a home health physical therapist assistant. I basically help people walk and get out of their home safely, get out of the hospital, things like that. And by night, I do I have my own podcast called Finish Last. So if that's your thing, check it out. But um, I'm, as you can see, I'm wearing this sweet hat. I am a big fan of Puma Golf as well as the drink Arnold Palmer. So when I saw this hat, I immediately bought it. There were no questions about it. And it is, <laughs> it is my most comfortable hat as well. So it's a win-win from my perspective. Nice. I am Joshua Knoll. I am a biblical study student at North Greenville University. And I spent several hours today when my work's online system shut down just going down the rabbit hole of lord of the rings mythology which might help today i sure hope it does i really (laughs) hope it does uh (laughs) the problem if it doesn't i think (laughs) if anything you can just like throw something in there oh by the way subtle just yeah all right so dan why don't you explain to us why are we even having this conversation why is this uh, worth us getting together to discuss today and why should the listeners be listening to this episode? Well, I mean, it's it's a big deal. This has been an issue going on for about 20 years. I mean, I was raised in an Assembly of God church, but also at the same time, I was at a small Baptist private Christian school. So just way two ends of the spectrum as far as churches go. And I remember getting pamphlets as a kid about 
how you shouldn't play Pokemon and how you shouldn't read Harry Potter. I wish I would have kept one of those because <laughs> they're in the trash like 10 years ago because, I mean, right. kind of hilarious to a point. But just like this fear coming out of nowhere instead of diving into what these subjects mean. And I remember at my Baptist school, my eighth grade teacher would read us The Hobbit and read us Lord of the Rings like it was <laughs> part of the Christian literature there. But Harry Potter was considered the evil guy, the guy you put under the under in the trash can and then you burn it and then you take it out and never see it again. So I think it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really important to see if there's some truth behind is Harry Potter okay to read and is Lord of the Rings all that's cracked up to be, which it is, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah, no, I think I think we all the three of us get to bring a very unique perspective to this conversation because all three of us, we grew up during this. Like yeah. we were I don't want to say we were on the forefront because we weren't like the ones <laughs> arguing about it, but we were the ones that everyone was very concerned about. We were the ones that people were worried about that we were going to all become witches and warlocks. <laughs> If we started getting involved in Harry Potter. Wait, were we not and supposed to do that? <laughs> uh, you, you didn't go to the same school Dan did that. Um, yeah. In my world, yeah, no, in my world, it was, I would say, there. the conversation happened. At some point, the conversation happened of not so much that Harry Potter is evil, but that witchcraft is bad. Yeah. It wasn't so much throwing out all of Harry Potter. It was very much making sure myself and my brothers understood witchcraft is bad. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, when it came to my family, and mom and dad, if you're listening to this, I love you. Um, ultimately, <laughs> when it came to when it came to my family, if my parents were interested in it, whatever it was, then we could participate in it. If they weren't annoyed by it, or they enjoyed it. We could participate in it. But if they weren't interested, I mean, I was like six when these were coming out. Yeah. Like if they weren't interested, then we didn't participate in it. So I saw the first two movies at home, the Harry Potter movies at home with my parents, and nobody broke any discs or burned anything down or anything like that. But that no. was it. Like, <laughs> That was it. Like, I know I have a general knowledge of Harry Potter from that point forward, but that was it. On the other hand, though, with The Lord of the Rings, when those movies were coming out, my mom loved them. She still does. She loved those movies so much. And so that was, hey, read the books, watch the movies. I read The Hobbit with my mom like that. So now I know a whole lot about the Lord of the Rings and I love J.R.R. Tolkien's work. Don't really know much about Harry Potter, but it's not like a, I think it's evil type of thing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, I totally, I totally get your perspective from it. Um, actually for me, um, like we said beforehand, I know a lot more about Harry Potter than I do about Lord of the Rings. I, I mean, I've watched Lord of the Rings. Awesome. Fantastic. But uh, for me, I grew up in that same situation where I'm going to reflect your words. If my parents were into it, I could do it. If they did not like it, I could not touch it. It was sin, all that good stuff. And I love you too, mom and dad. I'm just throwing that out there as well. <laughs> but 
I mean, it's crazy just all the all the fear that goes off behind it. Like, I don't know if you guys guys have heard a name last name of Chick. It was Chick Tracks. Those like a comic strips that would have, and there was a bunch of good ones. I'm not saying it was a bad thing, but there mm-hmm. was a couple. One was called the Nervous Switch, where this kid's reading Harry Potter and he's got Ouija boards in his room and a summoning circle. And he's like, oh, should I get rid of Harry Potter? Yes, throw it away. And there's even another chick chick track called Dark Dungeons, where it's about um, (laughs) Dark Dungeons. It's about D&D and how, like, they're the cool kids and everything. And I'm like, first of all, that's not the case. And (laughs) in that excerpt, though, (laughs) like in the original, like in the original comic, he took this out afterwards. In the original comic, he said that there was this little excerpt that said, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, their um, works were considered of the occult. And I just had to look at it. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like he took it out a year later. But just the fact fact that it was in there is is just mind blowing. And people were reading this and telling their kids, don't do this. Don't do this. Because this man said it when they're not even looking at the Bible and what the Bible says and just taking everything with a grain of salt. And instead of doing what the Bible says, doing doing things that gets us right with God instead of that grace that God gives us each and every day. So just seeing that perspective and seeing the fear that some people liked putting into people is just insane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. So two things on that. First off, did you know that there was a movie adaption of that Dungeons and Dragons track? I've seen it. Somebody made, (laughs) have you seen it? I haven't seen it. It's a, it's a parody because I think they like summon Cthulhu or something nuts in there. <laughs> but yeah, I came across that on TikTok one day, like somebody talking about this movie. I, I wrote it down to go find. But I can't believe I have never heard of anyone who throwing C.S. Lewis and Tolkien under yeah, the Yeah, that's crazy. You never hear about <laughs> someone who's like, that's evil. Yeah, and Lewis, yes, Lewis did have some wild beliefs later on in life, but that's a different podcast. Yeah. Um, yes. With this podcast, though, <laughs> uh, episode four, we are actually going to be talking about some of the misconceptions of Dungeons and Dragons. I don't, I don't know if you guys mm. knew that, but so that, that could be fun. Uh, none of us will be there, though, so it might not be fun. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, like you guys um, – <laughs> Uh, my parents had their own set of, you know, like approved shows and movies and stuff. Um, my, my dad, particularly, I remember him just other shows, even like, uh, if you all remember that Merlin show, he was, he was against that too. Like he just okay. didn't like magic. So yeah, he was consistent, which is good. And you know, if he's listening to That's this, good. love you dad, <laughs> just you know, following <laughs> suit. Um, I will say I've heard some decent arguments against both Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Um, I, I don't subscribe to them, obviously, or I probably wouldn't be doing this episode, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a, of a spoiler for <laughs> where this is going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I did my whole rabbit hole today. And one of my favorite books of the Middle Earth series that Tolkien did was the Silmarillion. And that gets into some of the lore of how everything was created in that which also explains how magic works. And and I think it's interesting to look at how magic works in both of them. Um, Mm -hmm. Particularly because I know um, a lot of the arguments that I've heard against Harry Potter and, you know, for Lord of the Rings is, well, in Lord of the Rings, they're, you know, they're getting it from somewhere. And in Harry Potter, it's witchcraft. Well, actually in middle (laughs) earth, there's two types of magic. One is magic (laughs) and one is witchcraft. 
Yeah. Uh, both do exist. Yep. Um, in fact, both can be used for good or evil. Uh, elves use witchcraft to bless trees, and it's considered a good and holy thing. Um, so, you know. Uh, however, also, Sauron, there's at least one point where his magic is stripped away from him, and he's battling Gandalf, but he uses witchcraft because he does not need magic to use witchcraft. So that's, you know, just an interesting little tidbit, I guess. Uh, but the way the way Middle-earth is set up, and when you compare it to the Genesis account, it's super interesting. I recommend everybody do it. Um, but in Middle-earth, Eru, or Eru, whatever you want to call him, um, he is the high god. Uh, it's elvish for the one. So he, mm -hmm. he basically created everything, in including the Anur. Or later called Valor, which is what I will be calling them because that's easier to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and they were they were like little deities, um, which yeah. if you know your old Hebrew in the Bible, angels are considered deities. Um, all kinds yeah. of things are considered deities. There's the Council of God. Right. Um, if you ever check out Michael Heiser stuff, and he talks about that and how God literally oh. says he divides up some of the land to other gods. It really relates really closely to how Tolkien takes on the Velar in this. Um, so in the Velar, each some of them, and this is where I think it's almost blasphemous if you're going to say that this is the same God and everything. The Velar have the ability to create. We know biblically only God can create, so that that you know that's okay. a thing. But one of the Velar, Malkor, falls, becomes evil. Uh, I will call him Morgoth because that's his other name, and it's easier to say. Um, Y'all might <laughs> see a trend here. <laughs> um anyway Morgoth is the one who created dragons and orcs and a lot of your, your dark elves that kind of stuff uh he also all of the Velar had what was called Mayar Mayer I'm not sure how to say that one guys um but they were like the deity's assistants and that is what the five wizards of Lord of the Rings are are the assistants to these okay. gods yeah yeah. Um, Gandalf is one of them. He is an assistant to a god. That's what he does. Um, Saruman, uh, or Sauron was Melkor's Mayar, which is why he was so powerful and so evil. And Gandalf was actually created specifically to counter him and his magic. So that's just, you know, hmm. fun, fun tidbit. Um, and, and, and Harry Potter. Well, and, and so what's interesting is, so in Middle Earth, humans can't have magic at all. This is the, one of the big differences. Humans mm -hmm. can't do magic. They can't do witchcraft. Gandalf is not human. Like I said, he's Mayar. Mm -hmm. right. But right. magic is just inherently born in them. And some of the chants and stuff that they do for witchcraft is something that they are channeling to use. In Harry Potter, the origins of magic is unknown. Uh, it's, it's said that it's mm -hmm. likely from Egypt. Um, all the mystical creatures okay. were just born, and all of your magics you are born with. It's actually kind of the point of the book. So you're either a muggle and not born with magic, or you're a wizard and you are born with magic. And some of the chance of different stuff, and Dan can probably correct me on some of this, because I have <laughs> mediocre knowledge on both of them. I'm not really a master of either. Uh, jack of all <laughs> geeks is what you can call me, but... Uh, <laughs> They the chants and stuff are basically used to channel the magic that they are born with, but they are just born with it. It's not like they're getting it from some demonic source. So mm. in both cases, people are born with magic. The biggest difference really is just in Middle Earth, humans can't do it. Sure. I, I, and 
the the magic practices are Mayar who are getting their powers from other gods. Which I would think if you were going to draw a line on which one is evil, you would go with the one that has other gods. But, you know, what, 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 what do I know, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> well, that was all very insightful. Uh, Dan, that fact check rant. him. How'd he do? <laughs> I, he didn't do that bad. I mean, he's right with the whole Harry Potter thing. Either you were a muggle or you were were a witch or a wizard. I mean, that's just how you were born. You magically found out about it by doing a random thing, like hearing a snake talk or whatever, like Harry Potter did. But what I found interesting in the books is that there were muggles and then there were true bloods, which was your mom and dad were both a witch or a wizard. And then there was a half blood where like a witch married a muggle or vice versa. And that was the whole point. What was the thing for half blood? Wasn't it like muddle or something? Mud blood. That's what. That's what. Yeah, it was, that was mud blood. Was what oh, Drago always called people. But <laughs> but I think what was neat about it is that's the whole point of Voldemort is he wants to keep the true blood and get rid of everybody else. Um. Hmm. So just a really messed up version of the end of that story. And what I find interesting about Harry Potter is I mean, I just read the whole books two years ago because I'm like I don't know about these books, and then my wife pushed me over the edge. <laughs> She's like, "You got to do it." You got to read it. So I read it. I, I, I cried my way through Deathly Hallows. I was I'm like, why am I crying? This is the book. And just getting so, so involved in the story. And I just got back from Universal about earlier this year. Got my wand, got my Hufflepuff gear. So I'm all set there. But what I find interesting, at least about the seventh book, um, and spoilers in case you haven't read it, but... um. What I find so fascinating is that there's Bible verses in Harry Potter, and it's just something Mm -hmm. that kind of shocked me when I read the books for the first time. I'm like, wait a second. Like on Dumbledore's family's grave, they have Matthew 619, which is wherever you store your treasure there, your heart is also. And And then they also have a scripture on Harry Potter's parents' grave stone which is 1 Corinthians 15, 26, which is, and the last enemy defeated will be death. So not only does it tie into the books in Voldemort and how that how the story ends, it's kind of like a gateway point to say, hey, where does that come from? And you can say, oh, that comes from Matthew 6, and that comes from 1 Corinthians, <laughs> and this is why that's so important. Sure. And it's like, it's like a doorway to bring Christ into the conversation. So that's what that's what I love just about that part of Harry Potter that people don't even realize it's like, huh, maybe there's something bigger than us going on and God can truly use anything to help us out. And just to tie that in, um, I know in Acts 17, Paul kind of did this with the Greeks where they had all these idols and they had an idol called the unknown God. And he basically says, well, I know who the unknown God is. I can tell you about him right now. His name's Jesus Christ and goes off and starts talking about it. So, (laughs) It's kind of cool how we can take something that people can see as evil, yet God has a bigger purpose for and can truly make a difference in other people's lives. So I don't know, just an interesting tidbit from just what I got from Harry Potter. Yeah, I um, so so in my rabbit hole today, I, I found out I was very wrong about something. I thought that both authors made it clear that their work wasn't necessarily based off the Bible. But Tolkien mm-hmm. did come out and say that her faith influenced heavily the Deathly Hallows book, which makes a whole lot of sense with Harry Potter is literally, uh, spoiler alert, a chosen one who dies and rises again 
to save people. I mean, you don't get much more Christian than that, honestly. And um, and it was funny because according to Tolkien, he's actually said that Eru, the Elvish, you know, the one is actual God and that Middle Earth is our Earth just set before, like in a much earlier time. Mm-hmm. So that's um, yeah. it's interesting. Both of them actually did put it in there. And uh, because, you know, Brandon loves C.S. Lewis as well. And uh, people who yeah. have heard me on the whole church podcast know that I talk about Lewis almost every chance I get. Um, he, he has a fascinating doctrine of imagination, basically, where he said yeah. he basically makes the point that God's thumbprint is on everyone's imagination. So any story, you can mm. see God in it. So, mm. you know, even if they didn't intentionally do it, it's there and they did intentionally do it. Sure. And for further footnotes, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien was Catholic and um, J.K. Rowling actually Protestant. Which again begs the question of why evangelicals love Tolkien so much more than they love. Right. I don't. I don't get it. I don't well, know. I, I've I've got a few thoughts on the Lord of the Rings side. Uh, why I think that Christians love Lord of the Rings, and then why it influences them to hate Harry Potter. But before I go that route, Daniel appreciate this because I have no real general knowledge of Harry Potter. My wife had me take the Potter House test. Yes. That like. And what I think you? I got the, I think I got the most truest answer in history because I wasn't like I didn't know going into it like if I answer this I'll get it this way. And bro, I'm a Hufflepuff too. You are a cool man right there. No <laughs> Cedric Diggory, rest in peace. Sure. Every time sure. I take that, uh, hand, I I get one of two answers, but it's like it's just not consistent because I've taken it multiple times. I either get Ravenclaw or hmm. Slytherin. And I'm kind of worried okay. about myself. And that's just. You know. <laughs> so here's my thing. Coming back to the Lord of the Rings side of things. Um, I really think that the reason why Christians and also millennials, who we are all millennials, I think, um, why they love the Lord of the Rings so much is because they don't understand the Lord of the Rings, which has been a part of the Lord of the Rings from the beginning, I was reading something by C.S. Lewis the other day. I can't remember what it was We're off the top of my head right now. And he was talking about the Lord of the Rings. It came up as a, an a illustration he was using for what he was writing about. And he was talking about how when the books were coming out, there were a lot of people who thought that the atomic bomb was the direct influence for the ring. And Lewis just writes very bluntly, you're wrong. That's incorrect. That's not true. From the beginning, The Lord of the Rings has been one of the most beloved, misunderstood book series ever. Mm-hmm. But that's how you know you got a good story, is when people can right. attach their own meaning right. to it, and it's still great. Very true. And and even though, I, you know, Josh, you brought this up about uh, Rawlings and Tolkien's, like, faith background, um, even though Tolkien is a is Catholic, I think, and I guess I'm, I'm shooting from the hip on this one, guys. <laughs> I think sometimes we are selectively pro-Catholic as Protestants. Yeah, I really think we do. When it's convenient to us, we're cool with Catholics. And if you are a Catholic believer in Christ and you're hearing that, I'm not one of those people who's going to be like selective. Like I'm not coming down on you right now. But I think that Christians can be very selective on that. And because of that, I think they see the Lord of the Rings 
as a Christian work, much like the Chronicles of Narnia, which is a Christian work. I don't <laughs> think the Lord of the Rings is a Christian work. No. It is a fantasy series written by a Catholic man. And those can be mutually exclusive. Does Tolkien's faith influence his writings? Absolutely. It's pretty obvious there from what Josh was just talking about with like some of the creation. But not all of the creation of Middle Earth and how it functions perfectly resembles Christian faith, you know? But I also think as great as the movies are, I love the movies. Greatest nerd film of all time is Return of the Kings, the only one to have won mm. the Academy Award for Best Picture. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people go to those movies and they see Aragorn as a Christ figure merely because he is taking back his throne in Gondor. And that's not right. I mean, Josh <laughs> just brought it up about the chosen one a moment ago. But even at that, for me, Tolkien has made it very clear. Samwise Gamgee is the hero of the story. And in my perspective, if the person who the author is saying is the hero of the story and you're not seeing him as the Christ figure, then I think there's a problem here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I will say just random things that I saw today again. <laughs> there is sure. a character. I don't remember who it was, but there's one character in one of the Middle Earth stories uh, that makes the claim that Eru or, you know, their God is going to need mm -hmm. to basically come down incarnate, which is just hmm. just an interesting thing that that line was put in there at all. Yeah. The, also, and this is personal. <laughs> also, this is just personal. Every millennial who has ever posted a picture on Instagram with the caption, <laughs> all who wander are not lost. Do not understand what that line is actually talking about. That's about as bad as all of the wooden signs at Hobby Lobby with stuff rip, ripped out of context. Like <laughs> that's, this isn't about the Lord of the Rings isn't about going off on an adventure. That's like the entire purpose of the fantasy genre is to if you read any fantasy book and you're encouraged to go explore, then that fantasy has accomplished its purpose, you know? Yeah. But that's just me. <laughs> I think the Lord of the Rings is about getting back to the simpler life. You look at all the, you know, the hobbits, they're ignorant. But the hobbits that go on the adventure and come home, which is often the part that people forget, they're changed, but they return home and they go back to what is simple in life. Right. Frodo's too affected. He has to leave middle Okay, sorry. I guess these are all spoilers, but like you're too late <laughs> if you don't know all this. Uh, true. Frodo leaves because he is he is completely changed because of the ring. Everyone else returns home. They go back to the simpler life. The orcs, they are these crude, disgusting creatures that their weapons are crude and unusual and they are created by machines that were powered by trees that were destroyed in Isengard. This is anti-industrialism. This story is anti-progress. Everything that we are using to record this podcast <laughs> is, is Tolkien would be rolling over in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> Which a lot of things but that's just, will say that the dark magic also represented technology and Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah. 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 So 
that all that to say, coming back to the beginning, is that I think we a lot of people just misunderstand what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's still a perfectly good work and a perfectly good movies if we get back to what the author actually intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this part, guys, about Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, love it, hate it, whatever. Uh, the the sure. best argument I've heard for the pro Harry Potter, anti Lord of the Rings, because I have to play devil's advocate. There you go. I, I did hear mm-hmm. one, one preacher put it where basically his problem was that Harry Potter took it too lightly, the issue of magic, and just made it seem fun and nice. Whereas in Lord of the Rings, there are mm-hmm. some real repercussions to it. And, and I mean, that's not wrong. I, I don't, yeah, you know, I don't no. buy into the argument, but it's not wrong. No, I mean, Harry Potter does use magic and turn it into a sport called Quidditch, which would be really awesome if that was real. <laughs> I would do it. But yeah, that'd be yeah. kind of, I'd watch it. I wouldn't do it, but I would, I would definitely I would watch it. it. But, but just um, turning this around circle, obviously Harry Potter is not a Christian work. Uh, no one considers it that, of course. But reading it through again for the first time, um, I was shocked at, the part where Harry Potter pretty much asked Dumbledore, he's trying to figure out how do I defeat Voldemort and Voldemort and not Voldemort. Dumbledore tells Harry Potter, you defeat him with love. And I wait, went, Hmm. wait, what? (laughs) Like what Jesus tells (laughs) us to do, love our enemies, love those that the world despises. I'm sitting there like, okay, this is kind of interesting. And then when Harry finds out he's the last Horcrux, what does he do? He walks, he basically walks to Voldemort, goes on his knees and lets Voldemort kill him. Being that sacrifice, Mm. like when Jesus gave up his own life willingly for us as sinners. So just seeing those parallels and seeing the stuff. And the thing that just irks me is the people that say Harry Potter is demonic and they don't even read it is that when they bash Harry Potter, they don't even, they don't even read the books. They just yeah. they just do random verses and say this is this is why you shouldn't do it and that's that's just what irks me most is just people on there influencing people to not even think for themselves per se. Yeah, and mm-hmm. real quick, that's just a pet peeve of mine. Though. I want to see if you guys have heard this too. I've heard the rumor go around a lot that the the big problem was that um, J.K. Rowling studied witchcraft and based off of her stuff off of real witchcraft, which. I mean, if you watch the movies and you read it, you know, I mean, like, it's like a single Latin word. I'm like, where, where are you getting this? <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. But is it just, I don't know where that's fascinating. Am I the only one who thinks this is fascinating that this whole conversation is rooted in the fact that people don't understand what's actually going on in the works? Yeah. Yeah. On both sides. It's like, you know, on both sides, on both sides, if you knew more about yeah. Middle Earth, you might have more of a problem with it. Also, if you knew more about Harry Potter, you might have less of a problem. With it. Yeah. Well, we it's kind of well, weird. We, we take the easy way out and just see everything on the surface level and have people tell us what we want to hear and tell yep. us what we don't want to hear instead of we no. actually time. I believe what we're told to believe. Oh, that that's is the way. True. No, that's this not, is the way. If I learned anything in the past year of the pandemic, is that I can trust everybody and <laughs> what they say to me. Oh, definitely. Indeed. <laughs> okay. All right. So now we're getting <laughs> way too political. Um, here on Systematic Geekology, we do like to leave you all with a bit of scriptural scripture encouragement based off of the conversation that we've had today. And uh, we discussed it a little bit in our group chat, and we wanted to come to uh, Romans 14, verse 13, really the entire second half of 
Romans chapter 14, where Paul deals with, and this may be surprising that this is where we're going to land, where Paul deals with talking about not being a stumbling block to weaker brothers and sisters in Christ. And so kind of our encouragement, or at least my encouragement to you all listening today, is that if you love Harry Potter, cool. You can love Harry Potter. And if you love The Lord of the Rings, obviously you're fine. But if you love <laughs> Harry Potter, like it, it's good, and that's fine. What is important for us as believers in Christ, and this is going to make everyone uncomfortable, is that sometimes our freedoms in Christ, we may have to put aside for the sake of weaker brothers and sisters. You may know someone who is still very adamantly against Harry Potter. And if that's the case, union in the body of Christ, I'm sorry, is more important than Harry Potter. Your relationship with that person, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Merlin, all these fun fantasy things, that is not even secondary. It's so much lower compared to having a union and a fellowship within the body of Christ continue. Guys, is there anything you want to add on to that? I think you hit the nail 100% on the head is that we get so caught up in these tiny arguments that we think matter and they don't. Um, like you said, the whole point of being a Christian is to, of course, grow in Christ, but to grow in that community and that common bond that Jesus is our Savior. So if we focus on that small stuff, I mean, yeah, if you have fun arguments, fine. But if someone truly is struggling that doesn't want to read Harry Potter, I'm cool with it. But I would also don't force it down their throats. I mean, here in Wisconsin, huge Packer fan, love football around here. There are people <laughs> that won't date each other if they're not Packers fans. Like if someone is completely okay, someone is like, oh, it's a cool Christian, cool guy, but he's a Bears fan. I I can't date him. (laughs) And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, Bears fans are fine. Now, Clemson fans, on the other hand. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You're like North Carolina area, right? Well, Josh or something. You're one of them. I I, I do live in the area, but uh, mine's from being a Florida State fan. I grew up in Florida and I just, yeah, plus... I just see too many Clemson fans. They're they're not always the best, but sometimes they are. And you know, unity. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, anyway, so. okay, so we're off track. As we'll a Pentecostal, I would just right like now. to add, Amen and Hallelujah. Yeah. That's it. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, again, guys, we're just going to wrap up this uh, episode. Um, again, thanks for joining us, guys. Do any of you have any recommendations about what you're getting into? Uh, yeah, I, I would like to to say something I've already said. Uh, read The Silmarillion. Uh, it's a difficult read, but it's one of the best books out there. All right. Um, I actually changed mine last second because I wanted to keep with the theme, the theme of uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Um, if you are a big Tolkien fan like me and you want to expand beyond Middle Earth, I would really recommend reading Letters to Father Christmas. So these were this is a collection of letters and drawings that Tolkien penned himself and he would leave for his children Christmas Eve at uh sincerely from Father Christmas and it's just these delightful little stories about the things Father Christmas has been doing throughout the year what his bumbling stumbling <laughs> assistant polar bear has been getting into 
goblins attack the North Pole. It's a lot of fun. It's it would be a great Christmas <laughs> gift. Trust me. And for me, just from the Harry Potter side, is actually a podcast called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, where they go chapter by chapter, book by book, and they talk about like what values are in each hmm. chapter of the book and what is behind the ideas that uh, Rowling is trying to present in that. So you can find that pretty much in any podcast platform. So check it out. Again, I'm Brandon Knight. Uh, if you want some more faith-based geeky content, the best place to go is to follow me on TikTok at just.brandon.k. Uh, I also have my own podcast. It's called My Seminary Life, where I recap what I've been studying that week in my grad school classes. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. The podcast is on all of the platforms. Um, and like Josh alluded to earlier, uh, this summer I didn't have any classes to take, so I did a whole bunch of C.S. Lewis episodes. They're a lot of fun. Go check them oh, out. Yeah. And for me, um, Dan Stoyer, I am the host of a podcast called Finish Last, where we try to find ways to live like Jesus in the modern world. You can connect with me at www.facebook.com slash finish last podcast, as well as Twitter at finish last pod. Um, just great time to find people with interviews and just seeing how they relate their journeys with their faith and how to live like Jesus in the modern world. So check it out. Yeah. And uh, for me to bring it back to the theme, I run a church unity podcast with uh, my with co-host of mine, a good friend, TJ Blackwell, also on this show. Um, and you can find us. It's just the whole church podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, look it up. Um, all the socials, same deal. All right. So uh, on the next episode or next week, we will be talking about how the Star Wars Clone Wars show changes the experience of watching Revenge of the Sith with hosts Joshua, TJ, and Joe. That sounds like a good one, guys, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think Josh, you're a big fan of that movie, right? I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can go to our website in the description to let us know what you have been geeking out on and what we should be geeking out on. And guys, I cannot wait to interact with you because that truly makes us an awesome community and going to make us grow and grow. So thank you so much for listening I mean, I mean, again. Oh yeah. And remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.